I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back, Hawkeye fans, to another edition of the Hawkeye Nation Mailbag Podcast. I am your host, Hawkeye Nation publisher Rob Howe. Um, I know that probably bugs some of you out there from some of the reaction and some of the questions I got today uh, from from fans. But uh, I I am still employed, and uh, if you uh, don't like that and would like to see me removed you can continue uh reaching out to the owners of hawkeye nation if that's if you feel that strongly about it i i would encourage that um and maybe you can give them reasons why i should no longer be employed but uh, i have talked to them and uh we have worked through some things and uh we will be moving forward as long as they will have me and if they don't have me and uh the way I've covered this Iowa football story um, is the reason I lose my job, then I'm okay with that. And I'll find something else to do. This isn't uh, life and death, death to me. It's uh, it's college football. So uh, let's get right into your questions and we will, and I appreciate everybody's questions, even the ones that asked why I haven't been fired yet. Um, I'm going to start on our message boards because there's only a couple questions on there. Um, I don't think um, I don't think people are real happy with me on the Hawkeye Nation message boards, but uh, it is what it is, as they say. I don't really like that term, but uh, <laughs> I, I think it's appropriate here. Um, Ian Pike Hammer asks, "What does the future hold for Iowa football, specifically recruiting of black athletes?" Iowa athletics? Question mark Will this racism situation spill over into Iowa? other sport Iowa's other sports programs um yeah I would think I would think that you know at this point the whole department would be under you know the microscope here to see if there are any issues in any program uh on campus and there be an open you know forum open dialogue to talk about if there are any concerns and you know, on the golf team or the swimming team or the, you know, whatever it may be, tennis, gymnastics, uh, rowing, whatever the case may be. Um, 
college athletes are empowered to come forward now in, in you know, in this, this country. And we're seeing it not only at Iowa, but Oklahoma State, Clemson, Florida State, Utah. I mean, there are it's, – it's across the country. And I don't think this story is going away anytime soon. Um, players aren't uh, afraid to speak out if they feel like there's race, racial injustice or uh, – you know, bullying, any, any of that stuff that goes on. And I know um, that kind of rubs some old school folks the wrong way who feel like, you know, the tough approach, the, the, the hard on them approach is the right approach. And I'm not here to say it isn't. Um, but as Kirk Ferentz, the Iowa football coach has said, there's, there's, a, there's a difference between demanding and demeaning. I still think you can get the most out of your athletes without demeaning them, whether that just be from a bullying perspective or racism or sexism or whatever the case may be. Um, if you're going to discriminate against the college athletes, um, I'm getting the sense that they're not going to take it anymore. And um, it will be interesting to see as this story develops and unfolds and how we get to, uh, if we get to football games with the, you know, protesting the national anthem, that's going to be another uh, layer to, to this story that's probably going to divide people uh, and put people on both sides of the fence here. And um, yeah, so I, I, this, you know, we, we always, <laughs> the statement of, stick to sports, I think is just that that line has become so blurred now for, and to me, it's good that it has um, with George Floyd's death, bringing to uh, light again, the atrocities that are happening, happening to the black community in this country. Uh, and I've said this before, and if it offends you guys, um, you don't have to listen to the podcast. I am somebody who believes in that there is white privilege. I am somebody that believes there's unconscious bias. Uh, and I'm somebody that believes there's systemic racism. And I think those are all problems that need to be dealt with. And college sports aren't immune to that. It has to be handled there as well. And time will tell uh, whether or not it is addressed or, you know, it's, it's med, you know, it, we get to a point where it's, trying you know people are going to try to sweep it under the rug or not pay it the attention that it deserves it, it, this needs to change moving forward and we'll see if that happens as far as uh ian pikehammer's question about iowa football and recruiting black athletes time will tell i mean i was going to the 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 words are nice and these initial actions are nice and and very important that iowa is, is, is wants to change is saying it wants to change from Kirk Ferentz to Gary Barta. Uh, you know, to, we, we haven't heard from a lot of other people at Iowa, but um, you know, and waiting to see what this investigation uh, spits out about into the football program from, you know, from an external uh, law firm in Kansas city. Um, and I've had some questions on that too. Uh, I'm kind of looking into that story as well to make sure there aren't any conflicts of interest with that law firm uh, and the investigation. But, um, you know, I did a story, oh, what's today, Wednesday? It must have been Monday I published it about, uh, I, I reached out to three uh, prospective student athletes who are, are are looking at the University of Iowa to play football. Uh, Xavier Wonkpa, I believe is how you say his name. Uh, from Southeast Polk, 
Uh, he's a four-star in the 2022 class, a defensive back. Uh, he's visited Iowa on multiple occasions, three times, I think. And he told me basically he thinks Iowa will fix the problem. He's confident that that will happen. Uh, but I guarantee you he's keeping an eye on it to see if it happens and how he feels when he's visiting and what he hears from other athletes. Um, and that's going to be a big thing. I mean, when these guys come on campus and visit, uh, they're going to have a lot of questions that need to be answered, not only from the coaches, but other players. Um, and a lot of that's going to be to determine how Iowa is able to recruit going forward. Uh, Skylar Bell, a wide receiver from Connecticut, who's uh, college or excuse me, high school teammate, Deontay Vines, uh, is in the 2020 class. Skylar is a member of the 2020 class, uh, which has not signed yet, won't sign until December at the earliest, uh, depending on how this recruiting calendar goes with the COVID. Um, but uh, he told me that uh, he's, it certainly opened his eyes and he's paying attention and he also believes Iowa can fix it. Um, but he's, again, he's going to be looking at that and, you know, keeping an eye on things and wanting to hear probably what are the uh, issues that are being addressed. How are they being addressed? Iowa's going to have to be a transparent and open and, you know, let these recruits know what's going on. And then you can't tell them one thing and then treat them another way when they get here, you're going to have bigger problems. Um, and then Isaac Thompson uh, from the St. Louis area is another four-star uh, safety type. Um, basically told me that he was, you know, shocked at the allegations that were made from four former players against Iowa. And, uh, said he still has a good relationship with LeVar Woods, but he finished his, his, uh, you know, his, his answer to me saying he'd be lying if he said that he was still considering the University of Iowa. So that's one recruit with offers from, you know, Michigan, uh, Notre Dame, uh, you know, uh, some of the top colleges in the country who said Iowa was going to be one of his top schools saying he's no longer going to consider Iowa. So, you know, it's, and, you know, even Gary Barta said the other day that this is going to be questions. There are going to be questions from, you know, student athletes that you're trying to bring into your program that these things are being addressed and being fixed. And uh, it'd be a naive to think that there won't be other college coaches from other programs making other, you know, making recruits and their families aware of this story. So I was going to have to battle that as well. And that's, that's certainly a, another aspect of this story, another layer to this story. So I appreciate that, uh, that question, Ian Pikehammer. The T's Riza, whatever, I don't know how you say his, uh, his screen name. T-H-E-T-R-Z-A-S. Hey, Rob, I know you've been busy the, for the past few days, but have you had time to read former Iowa Matthew Whitaker's new book? Many people are saying it's one of the best books in the entire year. Very topical if you follow current events. And this is kind of a smart-ass question from a guy who um, is kind of a smart-ass on the message board. So uh, I have not read Matt's, Matt's book. I don't uh, intend to read Matt's book. We follow each other on social media. Um, I have talked to Matt before. Uh, we certainly don't align from a political standpoint. Uh, that wouldn't keep me from interviewing him on Iowa football. Um, but I really have no interest in reading a book of, about uh, his politics. So there's that. I answered your question. 
Um, Friowa asks, if your son was a high school senior recruited to play football for Iowa, would you encourage him to play here or look for a different school? How about specifically if he were a linebacker or an O-lineman in direct contact with Seth Wallace and Brian Ferentz? Um, well, Brian Ferentz is coaching tight ends and fullbacks now, so Tim Polisek is the offensive line coach. But if you were talking about if he played the position of Seth Wallace or Brian Ferentz, I would have a whole lot of questions for both of those guys based on the allegations. And hopefully, again, we learn from this investigation, this external investigation, uh, you know, what what is true and what isn't true. And it's going to be a lot of he said, he said. So some of this stuff won't be proven. Um, but your question is an interesting one for Iowa. My son will be a sophomore in high school. Um, those of you who follow me on social media or know me, uh, he is very uh, active uh, for social issues. Uh, he is part of uh, the high school um, students who protest climate change uh, and some of the stuff that's going on with our environment. Um, I would be pretty sure that he would not <laughs> go to, I think he, he would tell me I don't have to make that choice. He'll make it for me. He doesn't want to go to Iowa. That would just be my guess. But uh, I, as a parent, would look into the things that I suggested earlier on Ian Pikehammer's question of, you know, I would want to know if, if my son was, you know, looking at the University of Iowa to play football. Unfortunately for him, he has my athletic prowess. Um, but uh, I would have a bunch of questions. And I think those are questions that I was going to have to answer for the foreseeable future and could maybe never go away. Um, you know, that people are going to wonder about this story. Um, it's a national story. So hopefully I'm not avoiding that question. And certainly uh, Seth Wallace, the, the Jack Caliber burger allegation against Seth Wallace, I find as disturbing as any of the allegations that came out there, if true. Um, and some of the allegations against Brian Ferentz, I think are, are a black eye if true. So yeah, I would definitely have questions for both of those guys, some serious questions and be interested to see what those answers were. Um, I wish I could, I wish, <laughs> I wish I could ask those questions of those guys. Um, so that's it for the message board. Um, the Hawkeye nation message board is mad at me. Didn't want to ask me questions today, and that's uh, that's okay. We'll see how this goes. And uh, like I said, um, I am not. Uh, I am not. Uh, I do not feel regret of anything that I've covered with this story. Um, as I've said before, um, on our on our flagship podcast that I do with Andrew Downs on Mondays which we did Tuesday this week because we were waiting for the Gary Barta press conference. Um, uh, the mistake, one mistake that I made is not running DJK's Darrell Johnson, Koulianos' statement by our, our owners first to see how we can handle that. And in hindsight, um, a couple of the owners gave me insight into how we could have handled that better. Um, and maybe had a disclaimer on there. Why, we were sharing it. And the reason why we were sharing it was because we were sharing statements from all the players that we could find. We were putting on our website um, and we didn't feel like it was up to us to decide who was credible and who was not credible. Uh, that's up to the reader. Um, we asked the university for comment on that. albeit the next morning after we ran the story, if 
I, I should have reached out the night of. Um, I don't think they would have had a comment, but I could have reached out for a comment sooner. But in, you know, in the end, they did say that they had no comment on Darrell Johnson and Koulianos' statement. It was not a story. It was not a piece. It was not a column, opinion, any of that stuff from Hawkeye Nation. It was a, a, a basically an op-ed piece from a former player. And that's what all of these stories are. It's their stories. And that's why we ran it. Just like we ran, you know, a story about the group, uh, which includes Akram Wadley's uh, family that is uh, wanting answers from the Iowa football program and has representation to want answers or ask for answers from the Iowa football program. Um, and it's out there. Um, uh, I retweeted the washed up walk-ons podcast. Uh, I've retweeted uh, Cole Croston and my, my Matt Malloy and Pat Anger uh, praising Chris Doyle. So I'm not, trying to determine anything here that's for the investigation um it's a story if you don't think it's a story if you if you want to beat me up as the messenger i as i've told other former players that have reached out to me and thanked me for for helping to uh get their voices heard and out there to the iowa fan base and to, and to the public no regrets at all and if you don't like me and you want to make me the scapegoat or the person that uh, is the reason that this story is happening, have at it. If, you, if that means you lay off the players who had bad experiences at the college that you attended or the team that you root for, so be it. I don't care. I can absorb that and uh, put my head on the pillow every night and know that, um, you know, the story was put out there for people to consume and obviously Iowa is admitted that whatever happens with the investigation, there was a problem and changes need to be made. So, and they're putting to, and they're making those changes. So that's, let's see what happens moving forward. And that kind of touches on uh, Justin Meese's question on our Facebook page. He asked the first question this morning, how does Rob House still have a job after proving he isn't a journalist after his DJK piece? Again, not a piece. It was a statement. It was an op-ed piece. University commented, no comment. Um, it was put out there like the other, uh, the other statements from players, the other stories from players, and uh, you decide what, whether who, who is, cr is credible and who isn't credible. Um, obviously, you think I'm part of the problem, Justin. Um, you uh, reached out to me to tell me you were unfollowing me, yet you're still asking questions of me. So, um, you know, that's – and I'm happy to answer your questions. If you, if you have a question about what I did or why I did it, I'm, I'm here and I've answered those questions. So, um, Devin Myers, Rob Howe – is Rob Howe on a mission to make Hawkeye Nation unbearable? Again – uh, Devin, this is uh, really the, the, you know, in the eye of the beholder. If you think the coverage of this story is unbearable and you don't want to see this story covered, you have the opportunity to not see it. Um, we're, uh, at least right now, where we stand today, Hawkeye Nation is going to cover the story. If that changes, if the, the owners at the site say, hey, listen, we're not covering the story anymore. We're going to be just positive Iowa athletic stories, you know, then I would have a decision to make whether that would be an entity that I could work for. Um, but that's not at the heart of what 
I do. Um, and, and we can, you know, we can debate what's, you know, what's journalism and, and, uh, you know, what's, uh, what, constitutes journalism and i've been in this business for 30 years uh covering iowa sports for 23 years and uh it's changed over time and those athletes james daniels mike daniels jaleel johnson amani hooker all the ones that i think people would find credible and i share their stories um they made their statements on social media that's how it works these days i followed up with them and asked if they had more to say they did not have more to say um you know i reached out and have talked to a ton of former players that played here and you know they they have their own voices and if you think it's not right for journalists to amplify those voices or share those voices on social media and that's not journalism Yet you're right. I disagree. Um, uh, Caleb Lister asks, this site and Hawk Central both have been publishing crap these last couple of weeks. The DJK story was just terrible. Again, not a story, statement. Just terrible, though. It has nothing to do with racism and everything to do with someone who did not want to follow the rules. Then blamed it on racism. It's total crap, just like DJK and his so-called loyalty to the program. The other dudes had legit concerns and were actively break and weren't actively breaking any rules. Um, again, this comes down to whoever is consuming these stories, content, whatever you want to call it. You decide who is credible and who is not credible. You just can't. You, I mean, you can, you cannot listen to and, and pick and choose who you want to listen to. That's your right. And we'll find out with this investigation. And again, it's a, he said, he said in a lot of situations, you know, Iowa's come out and I, and we've published everything Iowa said from Kirk Ferentz to Kevon Merriweather to Keith Duncan to um, Ivory Kelly Martin to Gary Barta, everybody that has spoken on this issue we have published everything, both sides of the story. We've covered whatever there is to cover. Um, so again, if you don't like the story, if you're a fan that doesn't like to see this happening at your university, I get that. I understand that. I've seen it when it's happened at Penn State. I've seen it when it's happened at Michigan State. I've seen it when it's happened at Baylor, uh, Ohio State, all these universities that have these crises uh, and stories where it's hurtful. It's awful to think about that's your school, but to think that these stories shouldn't be covered. I just, I, I don't get that. And I'm probably not going to get through to you if you feel that way. And you know, that's just kind of where we're going to have to part ways. Brent Ross asks, have you been surprised at how many Hawkeye fans seem so loyal to the program, but show very little loyalty to former players that made their program what it is? Will the Hawkeyes need a new fan base this fall. I don't think that's the case, Brent. I don't think there needs to be a whole new fan base, and I don't know how you'd go about doing that anyway. Um, and like I just mentioned in, in Caleb's you know question uh, about the how the story is being covered, um, you know, um, it, it's there are going to be people that go, are going to place blame in different areas for what has happened and the change that needs to happen and all that, you know, what, what the story is. And I think that's just natural. And I think there have been a lot of people that sigh, you know, sigh, but reached out and felt bad for the players that told their stories and, and wanted to, um, 
you know, tell them that they were sorry that they had to experience what they're alleging. Um, I saw a lot of that. And then there's going to just be that faction of the fan base that, you know, wants to roll on the players and it's program and coaches and image above everything else. And I think that's pretty normal in a story like this. I, I don't find anything that has happened in terms of reaction to this story to be abnormal. Kenneth Anderson asks, could the Hawkeyes explore the use of some kind of plexiglass face shield as added protection during the football season? Eye shields have been used for years. Would this be possible? That's a great question, Kenneth, and it's one that I've, uh, one that I've thought about myself and want to ask. I will try to get an answer to that question, but I think all of college football, I know it's not always comfortable and guys don't like those shields. Some do, some don't. Um, you know, it's going to be tough to wear those maybe if it's raining to be able to see, but maybe in the rain, uh, the, you know, the, the, um, the rate of uh, transmitting the disease would go down if there's rain. I don't know, but uh, just, I'm just kind of uh, talking out loud. But I would think that that would be a rule that all of college football would want to put in. Listen, we're all going to wear these face shields to protect us from not breathing on each other and maybe saving – some lives. So yeah, it's a great question, Kenneth. Thank you for asking, answering that. Uh, Justin W.C. Borman, I keep seeing Fedon to Nebraska articles. Is it likely to happen? Also, are there still, are we still the favorite for Jordan? O? Uh, second part first, I think uh, Iowa is the favorite for uh, Jordan. Uh, uh, I, I always butcher his last name. So we'll go with Jordan. O, the Tampa Bay or the, the Tampa um, defensive back who was committed here, decommitted and now is recommitting again uh, shortly. Um, I think Iowa still stands pretty firm with him. I don't really have a great read on Fedone. I, I kind of tend to agree with other people that think that it's going to be Nebraska, um, but I don't think he's in any rush either. Uh, he's got some great offers and there are start, we're starting to see signs that recruiting is going to open up again in August and maybe September in terms of face-to-face recruiting. And he's the type of level recruit that can wait for that to happen, meet with coaches and maybe whittle things down from there. So um, that's kind of just a wait and see with him. I, I don't have any insight on where he's going. Uh, like I said, I tend to think that Nebraska is the favorite here, uh, but uh, hard to say with any degree of certainty. And Justin adds, keep up the great work. I got your back. <laughs> Justin, I appreciate everybody who, uh, who has my back. And uh, I, I, it's not something I'm looking for, and I don't need su- support. I, like I said, I'm ready to, to take whatever blowback there, that there is in this story. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to try to convince everybody that what I did was right. Um, if they feel that it's wrong. I know I'm not going to change people's mind. I've explained myself on several podcasts, on the message boards, on Twitter, all those things. And there are just going to be people that don't like what I did, don't like how I covered the story and don't like me, uh, don't like my politics, uh, whatever the case may be. Um, But uh, I'm okay with that. Luke Shogren, have you ever imagined you'd have this many haters obsessed with you and crapping all over your post when they could simply choose to unfollow you? Yeah, I don't get that. I don't know what that dynamic is, Luke. Um, You know, I will say that I've muted a lot of people on Twitter, and I didn't do that for probably a good seven to 10 days. I listened to everybody, saw everybody's tweets, but it just got to a point where 
there just wasn't anything constructive coming out of those, those tweets. Uh, it was kind of getting, they were getting repetitive. Um, you know, even when I tried to answer questions of, of people that was, there were a lot of people wanting to attack and not listen to what I was trying to say or explain. So it just, there, we get to a point where there's no productivity in the conversations anymore and it's time to tap out. And again, those are the folks that, you know, have a feeling or view me a certain way and that I'm not going to change their mind. And that's fine. You know, I, I can live with that. I, I don't need to be liked. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. My, my wife still likes me and my kids and uh, my, my in-laws and my parents and my friends. So that's good enough. I'm really not concerned with, uh, with what's going on at... Uh, uh, on social media and people coming at me. So, uh, I'll move on here. And I appreciate the question, Luke, uh, Keith Dieball asks, um, how do we get Miller and Dace back again? That's something you will have to, uh, talk to the Hawkeye nation ownership about. Um, I should probably put out the contact information for that, but you can, you can find it on the website. You can find the email and the con, you know, that stuff on the website. If you guys want to uh, boycott me or, or try to get me, you know, uh, try to uh, get me fired or whatever, whatever your approach may be. Um, but I will say John Miller is a great friend of mine. One of my best friends. I, I feel confident in saying that. And uh, my guess is with, uh, his shift in his beliefs uh, socially and politically, I don't think you'd like, you, you would like, uh, like if you're, if you like the old John Miller, put it that way, I'm not sure you would like the new John Miller. So uh, there's that. But again, if you want that stuff back, uh, certainly speak your mind, tell the, uh, uh, tell the powers that be at Hawkeye nation, you want me gone. Uh, Cody, Desuarte, Cody Desuarte, why not let a player speak out against the DJK crap? Why only publish what DJK said with only one side? Just trying to further your agenda or further separate the fans. Yeah, these questions are kind of getting competitive, and I've already explained that. I shared the Washed Up Walk-Ons podcast uh, where they were coming out against DJK. I shared plenty of other comments from people that don't like DJK or call them bullshit or whatever. Um, so I've already gone over that ground. So there's no need to, uh, to uh, further answer that question. Did Rob get enough clicks with his DJK interview? Um, I, I don't know, Justin. Justin Sofin asked that question. I did not check traffic on that. Again, you'd have to ask somebody at Hawkeye Nation who, who tracks numbers and uh, traffic numbers. Uh, not my intent at all. It's, you know, I don't get paid by clicks. So that argument is tired. Um, so there you go. I think I've handled all the questions on Facebook for today. And that leaves us with Twitter. And again, um, anybody who wants to email or reach out to the owners of the site, um, 
with complaints about my work, um, you're free to do that. And I would, uh, I would recommend that you do that. And, uh, you know, I, I don't want to silence anybody's voices, which is why I read uh, the questions that were asked of me on here and gave my explanations. And if you don't like the explanations, so be it. Um, this is, this is where I stand on the issue uh, and the problems that are with me. Um, uh, we go to Twitter here. Just Jeff again asked timeline for the Fedone Fedone uh, to oh, so timeline for to Fedone to announce that again, Thomas Fedone is the tight end from council bluffs, Lewis central. Um, I don't know what the timeline is for him. I answered this, uh, on the Facebook page as well. And second part of Je just Jeff again uh, at Jeff Meyer eight on Twitter is uh, Nebraska, the favorite. I believe they are again. I don't have a ton of information on that. Just kind of secondhand information and just kind of reading the tea leaves and kind of keeping an eye on things and, and his uh, fandom for Nebraska. Uh, but then again, Keegan Johnson was <laughs> uh, Nebraska uh, legacy and still ended up in Iowa. So we'll see what happens. We'll have to let it play out. Iowa's not out of the game yet. And uh, we'll see if Iowa can convince him that this is the place where he should be. Uh, Pragmatic Hawkeye at Pragmatic Hawk on Twitter asked any news day up news slash updates on the basketball team, Garza incoming freshman recruiting or other. Uh, we've had some recruiting stuff that's been on the site. Uh, some offers that went out as well. Um, Garza's in town. I believe the incoming freshmen in are in town. Uh, with the possible exception of, uh, exception of uh, Josh Ungandali, who's coming from, from London. Uh, I reached out to Matt Weitzel, who is the um, – the sports information direct sports information person in charge of uh, Iowa men's basketball because of COVID he's not allowed into the arena and, and being, or he's not allowed to be around the team. I asked him kind of what the workouts are, what the schedule's like, what players are there. And he did not know he's going to look into that for me and kind of give me uh, an idea if he can about what's going on. Uh, the, the, the personnel that are, are, are allowed into the arena are really just, um, well, I forget the word that you would use, uh, necessary personnel. Uh, and that would be, you know, uh, coaches, players, trainers, doctors, uh, and senior athletic staff. I think those are the only people that are in Carver Hawkeye arena right now. So some of the other, um, people that work in the athletic department are not in Carver Hawkeye arena and are still working from home. So, Information out of uh, the basketball program is a little bit uh, unknown at this point, but uh, hopefully we'll get some more info as, as time moves on here. And maybe we'll get a chance to uh, speak with Fran McCaffrey uh, and some of his players here as they get, as they get going here with workouts. Uh, Chris, Bi Chris Bryant at Detroit Hawkeye asks, is there anything you would do differently in your coverage of events of the past two weeks, or do you stand by all the decisions you've made? I'm not trolling at all. Just sincerely, sincerely wondering, Chris, I addressed some of that stuff earlier in this podcast. Um, if you listen to that, just based on, you know, questions I had about the coverage and yeah, I would have run the DJK statement by the owners of Hawkeye nation, just so uh, maybe we've presented that differently just in terms of, okay, this is the reason that we're running it. Um, we didn't give a reason why we were running it, which I've explained is 
uh, because we were running statements from all players and it wasn't our job to judge the credibility of each. I mean, there were what 50 or 60 players. It would have been hard to judge the credibility of all those guys. Um, And I, and I've heard the argument that why couldn't you confirm all of these stories before publishing and putting people's jobs at risk. And I get all that, but as I've said before, social media is a way to source your stories these days. And, you know, the guys that came out and told their stories on social media, that was their platform. Uh, None of those guys have been interviewed to my knowledge to this point that have talked uh, openly, you know, and I'm talking about the NFL guys more than, you know, maybe Deontay Morrow. Um, I know Amari Spivay has come out and talked. There have been some other guys that have, have spoken publicly, but a lot of those guys haven't, they just stood by that. And then Iowa saw that and then ended up, parting ways with Chris Doyle and, you know, uh, commissioning a, an investigation into the football program um, and admitting there needed to be changed. So I, I don't, the, the, you know, I, I would have packaged that DJK statement a little differently just in terms of this is why we were running it and having an ex- explanation um, and probably, um, and again, I don't think it would have changed um, but, and our site was down a ton that that night. So I'm not even sure how many people actually saw the statement. I know people did, but our, so we had serious issues with the site that night. So I think some of that was, you know, I, I, I think a lot, I don't think a lot of people even actually saw the statement. It, it was more of, uh, it's DJK. He has no credibility. And I get that. Um, we, you know, I think, I, I don't, I think it's human nature in the court of, public opinion to tag each of these stories, whatever credibility each individual who is looking at these stories wants to give the player who's telling the story, they judge what, how credible each guy is. Um, But if I would have, if I would have, and I should have, I think reached out to Iowa the night that we posted DJK's statement and asked for comment, I waited till the following morning they gave me a, that they, a note that they weren't going to comment on his statement and then so be it. So if I could do that a little bit differently, those would be the two things. Uh, but I don't regret publishing DJK's statement um, and giving him a voice just like all the other players and then giving, an, giving Iowa the voice that it's had in responding to those allegations and those stories. Um, it's a little different. Uh, when I went to journalism school, um, you know, 30 years ago, it, I never would have imagined that this would be the way we were covering stories, but it's the way we're covering stories. And uh, to, to give you uh, some insight into that, uh, the USA, USA Today ran uh, basically the allegations of DJK against Kirk Ferentz in, in, a, in a piece on their site. And it wasn't a statement. It was in a, you know, a column. Uh, an opinion piece on their website. So it's not like we were the only people to publish DJK's comments. We were the first and obviously got backlash from that. And again, I would have handled how we presented that statement if I had something to change, but I appreciate the question, Chris, and uh, the follow on Twitter. And um, uh, hopefully that, that answers your question. Uh, Big M Hawk at big underscore M Hawk asked, how am I doing? How are you, how are you, Rob? I'm fine. I'm a little tired. Um, you know, a little worn down, but 
I'm fine. Um, you know, like I've said throughout this podcast, I, I don't want to be part of the story, but that's just kind of where we are right now in, uh, in this country. Uh, the, the media is, um, you know, the enemy for, for a lot of folks, uh, that's pushed on, you know, from political standpoint, uh, you know, with fake news and all this other stuff that's out there. But, uh, that's, uh, I I would hate to see a country that does not have media and journalists, not media and journalists that tell you what you want to hear or like to hear, but, uh, what maybe you need to hear. Um, and I know people are listening to this right now and rolling their eyes, but, that's where I stand on it. And that's what I'll go into my grave believing. Um, I think there's a, I think I saw a, yeah, it's a pretty popular statement. Um, and, and I saw somebody holding a sign up about this at one of the protests that said they came for the journalists. And after that, we don't know what happened. So take that for what it's worth. Um, Dan Brockett uh, at freak Freakademic. Uh, I'm sorry, Dan. I think that's his freakademic. Um, my eyeglasses are dirty. Sorry about that. I don't know that I have a question you can really answer, but I'm really curious to see if any of the coaches move on after the season. I'm giving the benefit of the doubt that cultural change is happening at Iowa. If that's true, no guarantee everyone will be able to adapt. That's a fair statement. I mean, I think that's uh, um, kind of a wait and see, Dan. We have to kind of see. And I think that's one of the more interesting dynamics of this story. Obviously, um, the Iowa coaching approach on, 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 on several levels um, was something that the players um, felt was abuse. And – so now can the coaches on the staff, starting with Kirk Ferentz, change their approach? They're saying they can change their approach, but where is that line? And, you know, where is that line between demanding and demeaning? And how much communication is, you know, how, how, how much are the uh, lines of communication open for players to say, listen, you know, this, I, I feel like this is demeaning. And, you know, how, the, how is that message received? Um, you know, if the players go to this, you know, the, the former player committee led by Mike Daniels and say, Hey man, I'm not seeing a change here. Uh, this is still an issue. How will that be addressed? All, a lot of questions and a lot to keep an eye on as we move forward with this story. Thank you for the question, Dan. Oh, Dan's back again. Actually, I do, I do have a question. Do you think this new challenge and the need to make this right results in KF coaching longer, or does this wear him out and result in him leaving sooner? Again, great question, Dan. Um, and, and, and not to dodge it, but um, time will tell. It really will. It can, you know, a head coach who will be 65 – uh, in August and who has become very set in his ways. He has now I'll give him credit. He has relaxed some rules over the last few years that he had in place with hoodies in the complex, uh, the way hair is worn earrings, things like that, that, you know, uh, from an appearance standpoint that could be considered oppressing a culture. He's relaxed in the last few years. Um, but can he change his philosophy of coaching and, and how much does that philosophy have to change? 
Um, can you, can you, and, and if you change, can you still get the best out of those players? Um, if you were getting the best out of those players, would those players have been even better had there not been demeaning um, treatment of them? I mean, there's so many questions and so many layers to this story that it's hard to, uh, it's hard to cover them all in one conversation. I just hope that all these conversations are going on over at the football complex and in the university athletic department and at the university as a whole and in Iowa City as a whole. All of this stuff, and that's just, you know, our one little, um, you know, our, our, our little part of this whole giant issue that's happening in the country so um it's i think if anything it's a great illustration a great example of no place is immune to this stuff and and we, a lot of us thought about you know the mantra of iowa the last several years win graduate do it right and a lot of those uh, you know the, those three tenants are in question right now um you know there's been winning we see that there's been awful graduation rates for black athletes among the worst in the country um, from power five schools at Iowa and do it right. I mean, this whole podcast is in questions are what, what's doing it right. Um, there's obviously cracks in the foundation here um, and can they be repaired? Uh, you know, they, they weren't doing it right according to a lot of ex-players, 50, 60, however many the, the count is up to now. And that's not to say you throw the baby out with the bathwater. There was, there was a lot of good that happened in the program and a lot of great memories that were uh, made within the football program. But that doesn't, that doesn't cover up um, mistreatment, racism, uh, whatever this investigation finds, that those things do not cover up um, how you treat human beings. So um, again, real interested to see how, what this in investigation produces. Um, and hopefully we get that, that information sooner rather than later, but I also hope that it's thorough. Um, so interested to see how that comes back. Thanks for the questions, Dan. I appreciate it. DC Hawk at DC underscore Hawk six on Twitter asks, I'm not a Kirk hater, but I don't understand why he isn't getting more heat for the allegations. If he didn't, if he didn't know what was going on, he should have. I don't understand why there isn't more talk of him stepping down. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a fair question. Um, you know, Doyle was his right-hand man. Again, I, I think before we pass any judgment here, we need to see this investigation, what type of investigation it is, how thorough the investigation is, and what it brings back. And I, I think... Um, you know, from what Gary Barta said, it's a, it's a, it's a complete review of the football program. So Kirk fits under that umbrella as does Brian, Seth Wallace, Phil Parker, some other coaches that were, were, uh, named in, in these stories, these allegations from these former players. Um, but I, but I, I think, um, he is feeling the heat and he is, he knows that, uh, he's lost some power here. And he knows that this is his legacy and he's going to need to do the right things to make the correct changes to see if he can make those changes uh, to see if he can fix this thing. And it's up to the university to decide whether or not he's capable or the man to do that. Obviously uh, Gary Barta came out and uh, you know, supported him as being the man who can make these changes. Um, 
I question a little bit about how adamant Caparta was about um, backing Kirk as being the man who can make these changes before we have the investigation. Who knows what that brings back? Maybe Kirk isn't the man, and you've already come out now and said he is the man uh, to to uh, foster these changes. So. Um, Story is still, you know, alive and kicking and a lot of things that are unanswered. A lot of these accusations uh, and, and defenses will be he said, he said. We're, we're not going to get absolute facts uh, on all of these uh, instances. I'll be interested to see if there are emails, if there are text messages, whatever's, whatever is handed over to the investigation team, whatever the investigation team has privy to and what the conclusions are based on those investigations and interviews they have with the former players and the coaches. So uh, I think, uh, you know, should Kirk be suspended right now or fired? That's, I I don't know. I I can't make that judgment until I see what, what this investigation brings back. And again, how thorough the investigation is and what it finds and what it had access to and all those things. Um, and, uh, you know, what, what the, what the interviews were like with the former players and current coaches or former coaches or whoever, whoever is, is, uh, spoken to, uh, about, uh, this investigation. It will be interesting to see how that comes back. Clint Harms asked, just taking successful season on the field only right now, would KF be more likely, in your opinion, to retire uh, after this year if things went really well and BF could take the reins or more likely if it was a bad year? Uh, Clint Harms on Twitter is at until game on Twitter, and I appreciate the the question, Clint. Um, I will start first by saying I do not see Brian Ferentz ever taking over the reins of this program after this. Um, and I could be totally off on that. Maybe this investigation brings back that he's completely innocent uh, in whatever the allegations were against him. Uh, I don't know. And we're going to have to wait to see what that is. But I, I, I don't know if you can hand the reins to him right now the way things are. Um, perhaps he can repair uh, the damage that's been done. Again, they're only allegations, but they're, they're heavy allegations. Um, and we'll have to see if it comes down to a he said, he said, where, you know, Akram Wadley is saying this or uh, Marcel Jolly is saying this about Brian and Brian's saying it's not true. Um, and it's really just a he said, he said, I don't know. Do you just put those stories aside and say this guy can be the next head coach of the program? And is that a good idea for the program? So hard to say there. Um, in terms of Kirk retiring, I think a lot is going to depend on how this thing goes. And, and you know, he's, he's said that he's committed to change. And the now, is, now we're going to see the actions and the effectiveness of that commitment. And that will tell us kind of what's next for Kirk. Um, I do think winning football games this season became uh, an even bigger priority ter- in terms of what we talked about earlier in the podcast. And, you know, when it comes to recruiting and uh, how people v- view your program and, you know, it, it looks really good if you win football games when, and, and show that this team is unified and, and changes are being made. So I, I think it's really important uh, uh, with a five and seven and six and six season, what would that do? I, I think that, I think the, the win, win total this year has, has, has uh, the significance of it has, has grown even more based on this story. 
Thank you for the question, Clint. Um, Kenneth Luckstead at K.E. Luckstead on Twitter. Uh, K.E. Luck ST on Twitter. Um, so there's a couple questions here from Kenneth, and I appreciate that, Kenneth. Uh, Derek Mitchell Jr., rest in peace, posted a couple years ago, would like to speak to any Iowa media. Go through his tweets. Plenty is out there. A few weeks back, you had a conversation with DJ Johnson off the record, which I assume would but could be wrong that much of what he tweeted. Um, now – you said last week you wish you could have done more, but it seems like you and all the other Iowa media had chances. So my question is what happened or what changed? Um, very fair questions, Kenneth, and, I, and I've addressed this. And so have other members of the media saying we dropped the ball from, um, you know, graduation rates to transfer rates to, you know, representation on leadership committees and captaincies and uh, players being taken to Chicago for Big Ten Media Days, uh, all red flags that should have been asked. Um, and we all dropped the ball on that. Um, and really no excuses. There, there aren't any excuses. I think, um, as we talked about throughout this podcast, the credibility of guys that were in the NFL that came out and spoke about this, opened the door for everybody to tell their stories and then opened the door for us to share those stories. If something changed, I think that's what changed. Um, and depending on, you know, how this investigation goes, it was important that those stories be told. I, I'm, you know, Derek Mitchell Jr. And Damon, um, Damon Bullock, I, I, their, their, their deaths are so tragic. I, I feel for all of their friends and family. Um, and if they would have had um, things to add to, and, and to be, to be frank here, Derek never reached out to me and I'm being totally honest, totally honest here. When I say I never saw those tweets and I, I still haven't seen them. I will go back and look at his Twitter feed and see if those things were on his Twitter feed Um and if they were and I missed them, that's a shame on me for not reaching out to him and maybe getting uh, some more feedback on that. How would his story have uh, how, how, how would have his story have been received by the university and the fan base? And how would his credibility have been viewed? You know, it's hard to say. Um, but he graduated from the University of Iowa and then was a graduate transfer. So, you know, again, it's up to each person what type of uh, how much credibility they give to these, you know, student athletes and their stories. Um, but yeah, um, it's disappointed. And I've, uh, I've lost sleep and, and lost appetite over the things that I didn't maybe look into a little closer and wish I would have. And uh, certainly like a lot of people, my eyes have been opened and I will try to be much better at that moving forward. And with that, that is the last question that I have. And uh, we ended up getting uh, or putting together a decent sized podcast here. So I appreciate all the questions, um, no matter what they were. And I'm happy to answer anybody's questions that they have moving forward. And we'll try to continue with this Hawkeye Nation mailbag podcast. Um, and we'll kind of see where things go. Obviously, as I said earlier, social issues are now part of college sports. And I think they will remain that. Um, so that separation of keep, you know, stick to sports, um, 
I think we'll certainly have uh, a greater focus on the games when they return. But I think, uh, as we said earlier, the national anthem will be a story um, and other social issues will be a story. And how Iowa recovers, changes, rebuilds its program from its own admitted shortcomings is going to be a story moving forward. So look forward to talking about those topics. Look forward to talk about recruiting. Look forward to talking about the games. Um, I'm going to hang with this and do this, this job uh, as long as I feel like I can do a good job. We'll kind of see how things go here moving forward. Um, but right now I'm, I'm committed to Hawkeye Nation as long as it's committed to me um, and appreciate you guys that uh, – want to consume um, and our content on different platforms and appreciate it very much and appreciate the questions again. And uh, hopefully you guys enjoy the rest of your week. Have a great weekend and we'll be back next Wednesday with another edition of the Hawkeye Nation Mailbag Podcast. For now, this is Rob Howe saying goodbye, good night, good, be well, and uh, we will talk to you soon.